0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Somebody say, build your church. Oh man, I love this series is going to be absolutely fantastic. Today we're kicking off a four-part series entitled, Build your church. And I think that the last six to seven weeks of the year, I love November and December. How many of you just internally, you have shifted gears and you're in it to win it for the rest of the year? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I I love what this means for us, not just as a community, but I love the season of church life that we're in the last six or seven weeks of this year. Uh, for us, I want you to know this, this series is going to help us stretch our faith. How many of you know your faith needs to be stretched? How many of you know your faith can't be trusted until it's first tested? So the, the next four weeks, we're going to stretch. Come on, somebody just stretch just a little bit. Just You might bump into somebody close next to you, but stretch. I think God's going to take our faith, and he's going to stretch our faith to see some amazing things. How many of you want to see the supernatural? How many of you believe that God still works miracles? How many of you believe that we serve a God of the impossible? Well, when you put yourself in a position of impossibility, God does his best work. And this whole idea of build your church, I think is going to stretch us to see some new supernatural things All across this community, we're going to use as a template, we're going to use the tabernacle. How many of you remember the series we did on the tabernacle back in the spring? Uh, I'm going to revisit some of that just for a a moment to spring us into how God builds his church. I think the tabernacle is a template for how we co-labor with Christ. Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. And so how many know the church belongs to him? It's not Pastor Mike's church. It belongs to Jesus, and he is a builder, and he's called us to be co-laborers with him as we build and and grow this thing called the kingdom of God. And so the tabernacle is going to be our our template, and we've got some visuals um, that that we're going to show you just to remind you of the layout of the tabernacle and how God used the Israelites and, and he freed them from Egyptian bondage. God gave Moses instructions, not just the Ten Commandments on the top of Mount Sinai, but God gave Moses the layout for the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the place where Yahweh dwelt with Israel during this wilderness season. They, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Some of you, this will speak to you because you're in a wilderness season right now. Some of you are wandering. Some of you are in between things. Maybe you're transitioning. And you know, the tabernacle was the centerpiece of Hebrew culture. Here's what I love about the tabernacle. It was so detailed. There was a a prescription, a very specific protocol for the Israelites to worship God. There was a place for everything, and everything was in its place. You didn't just approach God haphazardly. Can I have a good amen? There was very specific detail to this tabernacle. I love that it was mobile. It it wasn't like they, they poured a foundation and built it with brick and stone, but it was set up and tear down. Come on, Ascension Campus, where are you at this morning? Man, you are setting up and tearing down in Jesus' name. You are in tabernacle mode. Why was the tabernacle mobile? Because remember, the Israelites would follow the cloud, and when the cloud moved, they moved. Remember, it was a fire by night and a cloud during the day, and so that reminds us that we've got to move with the Spirit. Come on, talk to me this morning. We can't just get stationary and stagnant. Man, when the cloud moves, we move. When God says to move, you start stepping. You know, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I I love the fact that the the tabernacle was at the very center of all of Israelite life. If you remember, Jacob had 12 sons, and those 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. And each tribe would be camped in a specific place around the tabernacle. It was the, the tabernacle, which represented God's presence, was at the very center of the community. And I think there's a lesson in that for all of us. Jesus needs to be at the center of our lives. How many know you can't put Jesus on the outside and expect him to bless the inside? But when Jesus is on the inside, everything on the outside gets blessed too. Oh, whatever you want God to bless, put Jesus in the middle. Oh, I'm going to start talking right now. Because some of you are struggling in a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Guess, guess what? Put Jesus in the center, and then the marriage will be blessed. Some of you want to be blessed in your business. Put Jesus in the middle. Don't think you can do this in your own strength. Come on. M- make Jesus the, the priority and the purpose. Put him in the middle, and the rest is blessed. You know, the tabernacle was also a foreshadow of what was to come. You know, Hebrews talks about how that Old Testament tabernacle was a copy. It was a foreshadow of worship that's actually taking place in heaven. And I believe for the next four weeks, we're going to use the tabernacle as our template for how God wants to build and grow the church, okay? This is the first time that a place is being built for God's presence to dwell, okay? This is why the tabernacle was so important because this was a place and a space for the presence of God to dwell and live among his people. The last time God dwelt among his people was in this perfect paradise called Eden, okay? that was the very first time God chose to dwell among his people was in the garden of Eden. Then sin entered and Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. So now the tabernacle becomes the space and the place where God says, I will dwell among you. Uh, consider this. The Israelites literally saw the tabernacle as a space where heaven met earth. It was a place where it was Overlapped Because this was the realm in which God would dwell, but God is dwelling among his people. So the title of the message today is simply this. I want to talk to you about bringing heaven to earth. Think about it. Go, go with me for a little bit. This is super important because after 400 years of being slaves in Egypt, God set his people free. And in the wilderness, they were so dependent on God for everything. How many of you have realized that you need God for everything? Uh, I think there's a great lesson for us thousands of years later. We don't do things in our own talent or ability, but we depend on God. And if Israel was going to make it through the wilderness, they needed God's presence. And the tabernacle was the place where what, what was in heaven rested upon earth. Yet it was still earth. I think, now, now, now track with me, I think the church, the modern day church, is God's way of bringing heaven to earth. And then when I talk about the church, I'm not even talking about bricks and sticks, okay? We know that it's not about a building. Can I have a good amen? But watch this, okay? I know I'm I'm giving you a lot of heavy stuff up front. We'll we'll dial it back in just a little, but I want to challenge you in the way that you think. Understand biblical history. The Garden of Eden was that heavenly paradise where God first walked with Adam and Eve. Then it went from Eden to the construction of the tabernacle, the very center of Hebrew life. Then it went from the tabernacle to the temple, Remember, Solomon built this great temple, this magnificent place where the glory of God would descend. And then during the days of Jesus, Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days and I will rebuild it. What was he talking about? He wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about himself. You crucify me on a cross and three days later I will rise again. Notice how it goes from the Garden of Eden to the tabernacle, to the temple, then it went to Jesus. You see, all of Scripture points to Jesus. And yet in the New Testament, Paul reminds us that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now God doesn't dwell in a building, but he dwells in you and me. Come on, are you catching this? See, the tabernacle is the template but the space where heaven meets earth now is embodied through the church, through us. Oh, and guess what, it gets even better. You know how this thing ends? It ends in Revelation 21 where the new Jerusalem is coming down from heaven to dwell here on earth. It goes all the way from Eden to the new Jerusalem. Y'all weren't as excited about that. Well, when I was studying this, man, I just couldn't wait. I'm like, oh, I'm going to drop that rev on the church, and they're going to be like, wow. Someone's still trying to figure it out. It's, it's amazing bringing heaven to earth and the responsibility that you and I have today. Ambassadors of his presence. Look at Exodus 35. Let, let's use the temple. I mean, the tabernacle as our template. Exodus 35, verse 4. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel. Now, notice he's, he's talking to the body. Maybe there are may a million, maybe two million people. The, the, the body of belief, this nation, this entire community. And he says this. This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. And let those with generous hearts. Somebody say generous hearts. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins and fine goat skin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, and construct everything that the Lord has commanded. Now, in those six or seven verses, I want to give you a, a couple of thoughts that I think are going to help us when it comes to bringing heaven to earth, when it comes to the, the, the role of, of building God's church in the earth today. And I think it starts, number one, it, it starts with vision. It, it, it takes vision. Notice how God gave Moses the vision of the tabernacle. When Moses was on the top of Mount Sinai, not only did God carve out those Ten Commandments in stone, but he also gave Moses the details, the specific layout of what this tabernacle was supposed to look like. Somebody say vision. You've got to have vision. Let me ask you this. Has God given you a vision for your life? Do you have divine vision for your family? How many business leaders do we have? Do you have a vision for your business that's been birthed in your heart by God himself? The scripture reminds us that where there is no vision, the people what? So in the absence of vision, people perish. But in the presence of vision, people flourish. There's something about vision that fuels and fires us as believers. You see, when your team is fueled with vision, it gives them the spark to move the mission forward. You know, vision is so important. And and God spoke to Moses and gave him the layout. Uh, You know, I was thinking about how important vision is to a church. How important it is that we are visionaries. You know, because so many people, it's the difference between what is and what can be. So many people live in the realm of what is. How many of you have ever said, well, it is what it is? We all have, haven't we? (laughs) Guess what? There's no vision in that. When you say it is what it is, you've just resigned to the fact that, well, that's the way it's going to be. But vision says, what if? What can be? What is a preferred picture of the future? You know, for, for me as a pastor, I think it's important that my heart is filled with vision for this house. That you just don't come here on a Sunday and think, well, let's just go through the motions, let's just sing our song, somebody's gonna pray a prayer, pastor's gonna preach, and hey, touch your neighbor and get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, all right, bow our heads and let's go eat at the Piccadilly. Gotta beat the Presbyterians to the Piccadilly. Oh. No, do, do you know there are times I'll drive up and down the streets of our community. I'll drive through Baton Rouge and Ascension and Livingston. I'll, I, I, I drive and I dream. Yeah. I, I, I call it drive and dream. I'm just looking at spaces and places and I'm thinking, God, what do you want to do with that building right there? God, could you redeem that space, Lord, this neighborhood, this community? Instead of complaining about the problems around me, I start praying, Lord, what can we do as a church to provide hope in this hopeless situation? I'll pull up at a red light, the guy next to me, and I'll just kind of look at him. And I'll think, who's his pastor? Does he have spiritual family? wonder what his struggle is today. You see, you got to create some margin in your life where God can deposit vision in you. It all starts with vision. And it started with Moses on the top of the mountain. But guess what Moses did? Moses spoke to the entire community. Listen, a, a vision starts with one man but is never accomplished by one man. If you can accomplish your vision all by yourself, then your vision is too small. You see, your vision ought to be bigger than you, and it ought to require people to come around you to help you accomplish the vision. Listen, don't insult a big God with a small dream. Come on, could I have a better amen today? Moses, notice what it says in verse 4. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, listen, it takes everybody. Moses couldn't do this by himself. I want to tell you, you will never accomplish the will of God all by yourself. You won't. It takes community. It takes people around you. This is one of the things that frustrates me when, when I watch football today. I'll see, you know, a team drive the ball down the field and then somebody's going to score a touchdown. And when they get in the end zone, they got their little touchdown dance. And, the, you know, I, I don't know what, but they've got it choreographed, right? They've thought about this and, you know, I, I don't know what they, but it's like they make that moment about themselves. I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out Somebody had to hike the ball. Somebody had to drop back and make the pass. Somebody had to run the route. Somebody had to block. Listen, when you score the touchdown, don't make it about you. Make it about the team. Can I have a better amen? Somebody say teamwork. Teamwork. Makes the dream work. Uh, God will give you vision, but then he'll require you to enter into community and do this with people other than yourself. Can I tell you, you need what's in this house because this house is full of vision. You need what's in this house, but this house needs what's inside of you. Together, we are better. We're trying to bring heaven to earth. Now, when you came in today, and for those of you that are watching online, this is available to you as well. You got this little card. Okay. I want you to pull out this card. We, we have what's called 320, our 320 offering. That's coming up on December the 5th. If you would, mark your calendar for that. It's an opportunity across all of our campuses. We participate in this collectively together because we've got big vision, but it's not going to be accomplished by one person. Together, we climb the mountain. Together, we see the supernatural. If you didn't get one of those cards, I think our ushers are prepared to make sure everybody has. This is just for you to keep. Okay, this will serve as a reminder of what's coming up, and it'll also give you a chance to just reflect and to pray. Okay, 320. And the we, we, reason why we call it 320 is because of Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20, the Bible says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. How many of you are believing for exceedingly abundantly above? Listen, I'm not just living an ordinary life. Man, I serve an extraordinary God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, according to all the power uh, that's at work inside of you. So that's his 320 offering. Now, we've got some specific projects that we're believing God for this year. And I want to talk to you about that. On December the 5th, across all of our campuses, we're going to participate. We're going to sacrifice and we're going to sow into an opportunity to bring heaven to earth. In three ways. Many of you know holiday outreach is a big deal to us. Holidays, holiday. This is a perfect time to express the heart and hand of God to our community. Especially after such a difficult year. I mean so many people affected by the hurricane, so many people are feeling squeezed financially and, and feeling so much pressure and so we do a number of things we 've got care packages that we 're going to bring across all of the prisons this year we 've got so much favor there in fact, I think yesterday at our denim campus, they packed hundreds of care packages in No, no, that wasn't uh, prison. That was Hams for Fams. Yesterday, they packed over 1,400 grocery boxes for Hams for Fams that we're going to participate in next weekend. We've got prisoners, uh, single moms, uh, widows. uh, We'll reach at-risk youth in our inner city, um, holiday outreach from top to bottom. Many of you know this is a great time to be connected to church life and to participate in outreach. Guess what? It takes resources to be able to give these things away. You know, and when you give a gift, it opens up somebody's heart. You know, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. Your giving in this 320 offering is going to allow us to do some special things for a lot of important groups in our community. Holiday outreach is one of the big things. The second project that we're really embracing is what God is doing at our Dream Center. Dream Center Educational Programs Now, the the Dream Center, if you've never had a chance to volunteer at the Dream Center, you need to do that. It it is, it's one of our favorite expressions of church. And, you know, this is a community that has really struggled over the years. I want you to consider this. You know, the, the national dropout rate is 5%. But in 70805, the dropout rate is 25%. Students are five times more likely to drop out of school in our inner city than in the national rate across the country. The national poverty rate is 12%. At 708.05, it's 40%. There's some unique challenges right here in our own community. Now, this building was built in 1948. The Dream Center was built in 1948. It was Winburn Avenue Baptist Church, one of the most historic churches in Baton Rouge. The story of that, how that came to our stewardship is supernatural. But you know what? It's an old building that needs a lot of TLC. And you know what? I just believe that as we create a space of excellence for these students. Now, the, the, the whole purpose for remodeling the, this building is to create environments for students to be taught. The educational process. It's, it's going to be like a homeschool co-op for kids in the 70805 zip code. And you think about it. When a student comes to school for six or seven hours a day, you have the opportunity to shape their hearts And their minds. Can I have a good amen? It gives us time. It gives us access. It's a portal into their everyday life. And as you and I give in the 320 offering, we'll be able to create that space that says, hey, let's educate not just your your mind, but let's influence your spirit. Holiday outreach, the Dream Center educational programs. And then finally, the 320 offering this year will include our Ascension Campus our Ascension campus. I love what God is doing in Ascension. Do you know last year during the pandemic, the Lord led us to purchase almost nine acres right on Airline Highway. I mean, it is prime, prime real estate. And because of your generosity, we were able to pay cash for that land, debt-free. That community is growing so quickly. There have been five new schools in recent years that have been built. The growth curve in Ascension is ridiculous. Uh, Ascension Parish is growing, the superintendent told us, growing 300 students every year. So on that property, 28,000 cars drive up and down Airline Highway on that spot every single day so what we've been doing in the meantime we've been having set up and tear down mobile church at prairieville primary school that's been our tabernacle has been at the elementary school come on And they do a fantastic job. I mean, we're reaching hundreds of people every single week from that school. Uh, Patrick and the team, they do an amazing job caring for people, creating an environment of excellence, lifting up the name of Jesus. Families are already being connected as we take these initial steps. But our long-term plan is to build a building and we have a rendering of the potential, what the building's gonna look like. This is gonna be our future Healing Place Church Ascension Campus right there on Airline Highway. 39,000 square feet. Uh, guess how many parking spaces there are, are gonna be on that layout? 320, come on, 320, what's up, what's up, 320. <laughs> 39,000 square feet of space, and we're going to have room to, to minister to kids, to do adult education, training and equipping, discipling. This environment, here's a kind of an aerial view. You can see what it look the entire campus. That's what God has put in our heart for the future. And you know what? We believe that from that space, we can reach hundreds, if not thousands of people for the gospel. Can I tell you, it is a big, big deal. It's much bigger than us, but it's not bigger than God. And so I wanted to kind of cast that vision to you this morning and give you this card. And you, this is just for you to keep. On the back side, you'll see it's got the, the verse at the bottom. But the question is, how is God asking me to participate? Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Because guess what? It takes time. Everybody. Number one, it takes vision. Somebody say vision. vision. But once there's vision, we got to trust God to supply provision. Yeah. You see, it starts with vision, but then it moves to provision. Look at verse five. Look at what it says again Exodus 35, verse five. Take a sacred offering for the Lord, and let those with generous hearts present the following gifts. To the Lord. First, it takes vision, but number two, then it requires generosity. Somebody say, generosity. You know, vision always requires something of us. You know, it it starts with a dream, but then it moves into a, 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 a realm that requires some sort of input, some sort of sacrifice from us. How many of you know that you can't have a great marriage apart from sacrifice? You can't have a successful business without sacrifice. And the same is true for a church that's making a difference. It requires sacrifice. Now notice, look at the list of what Moses asked the people to give. I'm going to hustle through this, but it's not just sticks and stones. These are valuable items. He says, verse 5, take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous heart present these gifts, gold, silver, bronze, Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat hair. Come on now. If you're bringing goat hair on December 5th to the offering, that's fine. I'm going to let Earl figure out what to do with the goat hair. Tanned ram skins, fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil, spices, onyx, stones, gems. Do you see what God says to bring? Now, let me ask you this. Where did the Israelites get these things to give? Come on, Bible scholars. They're living in the wilderness. They're in tents. They have nothing. Where do they get gold and silver and goat hair for crying out loud? The Egyptians. Do you remember when they left Egypt? Come on now. Come on, catch this. When they left Egypt, the scripture says this in Exodus 12, 35, and the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed They asked the Egyptians for clothing, for articles of silver and gold. And the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably. Come on, somebody say favor. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably upon the Israelites and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. You see, it was during that exodus from bondage to freedom that God blessed them. Uh, Now watch this. The Egyptians were their oppressors, but God turned their oppressors into their blessers. You see, the favor of God resting upon the life of a believer will give you everything that you need to do what God has called you to do. Are you catching this? Oh, this is so good. I mean, th- think about it. They go from being slaves one day to, hey, that, that gold you got up in there, can I have some? Oh, sure. Take, you want some silver too? Okay, what about these spices? I mean, anything that the Israelites asked for, the favor of God rested upon them. It yeah. <laughs> reminds me of the story I heard about a Christian who lived next door to an atheist. Okay, the Christian walked out on his front porch and he prayed. He said, Lord, I need food. God, I pray in these tough times that you would supply exactly what I need. The atheist shouted, there is no God. Well, the next day, the Christian went out on the front porch and he saw a bag of groceries right in the spot that he had prayed the day before. The Christian lifted his hands toward heaven. He said, wow, God, thank you. I asked and you provided The atheist was hiding in the bushes and he jumped out and he said ha 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 ha. See, you think that was God. That wasn't God, that was me. I paid for those groceries. I put those groceries there. There is no God. And the Christian said, Lord, I thank you that you provided and you made the devil pay for it. Hey, come on, how many of you know that God will get you what you need if you trust him? If you obey, look, there's a reason why Christians are generous. Because we know that everything we have, it came from the Lord. Man, I'm a steward. I'm not an owner. Uh, What was God teaching the Israelites? He was teaching them to depend upon him. He says, trust me. When you walk into the wilderness, I'll supply what you need. I'll find a way to get it to you. Watch this. God will get it to you if he can get it through you. Now, he's calling them to give to the tabernacle. Wait, 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 God. That gold is mine. That goat hair is mine. That silver belongs to me. And God's like, whoa, whoa, wait just a minute. Time out, time out, time out. That wasn't yours. I did that. And listen, if God asks something of you, and you know that everything you have already belongs to him. Why do we double clutch? You see, stingy people forget that God is their source. Generous people remember, this didn't belong to me in the first place. So God, if you ask me for it, I gladly give it. Are you catching this? Some of you are struggling because God can't get it through you. And so he ain't going to give it to you. You know, it's interesting. Last Sunday, I, I had a, the, the privilege of meeting two precious ladies. Uh, one was from LCIW and the other was from Jetson. And both of them had spent over 20, uh, 20 plus years in prison. And we met them through Bible studies. You know, that's how we were introduced to them, the Dr. Sharkey and Miss Ann and Mike Davis and the team. I man, we had an incredible team and tremendous opportunity to just so seed, to give, to, to share love and to value these ladies. After 20-plus years of being in prison, they got out of prison, and guess where they came to worship? Right here. And we were standing right here after church, and I'm listening to their story, and man, it is just you, it's powerful. And I reached in my pocket and I felt something in my pocket and it was a $100 bill. seemed so like, What, Pastor? You just have $100 bills appear, appear in your pocket? No, before church, a guy shook my hand. He gave me one of those Pentecostal handshakes. Come on, how hey, you know what I'm talking about. God bless you, Pastor. I was like, Oh, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Yeah. Put that right there in my pocket. Now, now here's what I've learned to do. Here's what I've learned to do. Anything that comes to me, it is fair game if God wants me to give it away. any Anything, anything. Listen, if God asks you to give something that you own and you can't give it, you don't own it. It owns you. It owns you. And I reached down that pocket and I felt that $100 bill. As I'm talking to these ladies, I knew it was the Lord saying, hey, bless them. I gave that to you so it could flow through you. And see, when it comes to heaven meeting earth, kingdom people understand it takes vision. But then it also requires provision. And Lord, if you blessed me with it, Here's what I did. So I, I was like I shook their hand the same Pentecostal handshake that I got. I Just paid it forward and I said look on behalf of HPC. We just want to buy you lunch today I mean, you know, it was a good lunch And it just felt so good to give because when you give you reflect the character and nature of God Moses tells the Israelites, we're going to build a a tabernacle and it's going to be a place where heaven and earth overlap, but it's going to require something of you. But don't worry, I will give you everything you need to do what I've called you to do. Can I tell you this? If we live by God's gifts, shouldn't we be givers? It just makes sense. I can't double clutch on something that came to me from Almighty God when He asked it of me. And so I want to encourage you. Number one, it takes vision. Number two, it takes generosity. But then it's also going to take some work. We're going to have to get to work. God told those Israelites through Moses, He said, Now construct, construct, put your hand to it. Listen. The giving has to do with your heart. Pastor J.T. told us that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But then the work starts with your hand. It's amazing when your heart and your hand are in sync. Mm. Here's what we're going to do for the next six or seven weeks. We're going to put our hand to some things. We're going to give some things in this community. We're going to believe that God will fill this house with heaven and that people's lives will be forever changed. Amen. Do you receive that? Come on, put your hands together. Do you believe that today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.